Good evening, Lake Orion. Welcome to History Now here on ONTV. I'm your host, Anthony Termina, and I got a special guest with me today, Joe Johnson. Hey, hey Anthony. Joe, thanks how for are having you? me. Oh, yeah, always a pleasure. I want to talk about something that you and I both really, really like, along with millions of other fans, is the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Oh, definitely. Uh, we recently ended. Um, uh, phase three of the MCU. We're going to go into phase four. Um, so we want to flash back about the 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 three the uh, first three phases of the MCU. Also focusing on the 23, 24 movies that um, that came out with the far recent one being Spider-Man: Far From Home. Mm -hmm. um, but we want to go with the beginning. Um, the beginning was um, Iron Man in 2008. Mm -hmm. Kind of set the tone. Even though the timeline, you could start with Captain America's first Avengers, right. but um, let's talk about Iron Man and how that set up the um, the MCU. Yeah, um, Iron Man set the tone, set the set the humor, uh, the basic structure of just about every movie that followed. Um, Robert Downey Jr. Uh, just knocked it out of the park. He mm -hmm. was so good in that movie, and it set the standard. And and when a lot of people ask me, what's your What's your favorite movie of, in the Marvel Cinematic Universe? I, I got to go to Iron Man. Not only was it a great movie with great moments, but be, because of the fact that it set this whole universe mm -hmm. in motion, uh, it, it would be difficult for me to pick any other movie above uh, Iron Man. Um, I do love a lot of the movies that uh, we'll get to, but uh, you know, Iron Man kicked it all off. And to its credit, when I was a kid, I wasn't a big comic book reader. Mm -hmm. uh, I was aware of Iron Man because mm -hmm. of some uh, cartoons that were on television mm -hmm. that were in syndication and, uh, and stuff like that. Um, and so when I came in to watch Iron Man, I wasn't real familiar with the character. Mm -hmm. And the fact that they were able to take a character like Iron Man and, and have him star in his own standalone movie, I think it's just a testament to Marvel and, and what they've uh, done with these characters. Mm -hmm. Also, like you said, Robert Downey Jr., um, he had starred in some other movies, but this was, this, you know, this established him as further Mm -hmm. as a major actor and major player. I liked in Iron Man how, I liked the villain in Iron Man. Um, I thought it was a really, really interesting villain. Mm -hmm. uh, Stain, I believe it was. And it was, and um, it was that really was, uh, what's the actor's name? Um, drawing a blank on the actor's mm -hmm. name. But uh, yeah, the fact that he was kind of an ally who sort of turned Mm -hmm. um, yeah, that was really interesting, and and I think one one of the reasons that Robert Downey Jr. was such a great casting choice is that him and uh, Tony Stark uh, have a lot of lot in common. They have some mm -hmm. similarities. Where uh, in the comic books, Tony Stark uh, had uh, uh, problems with substance abuse, mm -hmm. and, and Robert Downey Jr. has a known history of uh, substance abuse, and he's turned his life around. And so I think he was able to draw on that mm -hmm. um, as Iron Man. Um, because in, I think it was Iron Man 2, they mm -hmm. dabbled in that a little bit. Yep. That he was kind of hitting the bottle a little bit. So um, he was just so perfectly cast in this movie. Mm -hmm. uh, also, we see Pepper Potts in this movie, too. That's right. We We're began to see the, the side characters start to come in. Um, but yeah, Iron Man did set off the, the um, MCU. Mm -hmm. um, another movie that I wanted to talk about was... Um, the Incredible Hulk, it came out during this time also. Um, now, is that the one with... Uh, it's the second one. Okay, yeah. Mm, not 
the one in 2003, the one in 2008. Yeah, the, the Ang Lee-directed Hulk, I didn't care for at all. Mm -hmm. um, I was actually shocked when just a few years later they kind of ignored that one and rebooted it. I think what we pretty much learned with the second version with... Um, um, gosh, I'm drawing a blank on the actor's name who played... Uh, um, mm -hmm. It was the uh, guy before... Yeah. Um, but I think what we learned is Hulk is best in ensemble pieces and not mm -hmm. necessarily... Uh, Edward Norton is the name I was thinking right. of. Uh, and not in standalone movies. I, I think mm -hmm. he's at his best when he's, when he's uh, fighting alongside the Avengers. But it, but it also introduced a very important character that we'll get to later on, Thaddeus Ross, mm -hmm. um, William Hurt. William, yep. He play, he he is so good in that role. Oh, definitely. I mean, yeah, yeah. Uh, when when he when we talk about him when we get to um, Civil War, we um, he 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 just is I would say the perfect character for Thaddeus Ross. Oh, definitely. I, I agree. And that's one thing that, you know, uh, Marvel and Disney has done time and time again. It's just perfectly cast these roles. Mm -hmm. um, when you think about Chris Evans and, and Chris Hemsworth and, and uh, Anthony, or, uh, uh, Robert Downey Jr., um, they will always be tied to these characters. Mm -hmm. and, and anyone who comes in and tries to play these characters in the future are, are going to have to be compared to these actors who were just so perfectly uh, cast in these roles. I, I agree. Um, so we had The Incredible Hulk also happen in 2008, but then we also have Captain America, the first Avenger. Yeah. Um, that introduced Captain America into the MCU, Chris Evans. It also introduced um, Sebastian Stan as um, Bucky Barnes. Um, I mean, talk about Captain America and how that became a series. That is uh, one of my all-time favorite movies uh, in the in the Marvel universe. Um, it's right up there with Iron Man. I could almost mm -hmm. call it one A uh, if I were to list my favorites. I love the fact that they went back to the World War II mm -hmm. time period. Um, it's a great, you know, flag-waving, patriotic mm -hmm. film that uh, has you walking, you know, out of the theater loving your country <laughs> and, and proud of your country. Uh, again, Chris Evans, you know, what they did with uh, the, the effects where they made him look like a 98-pound weakling and then uh -huh. he gets the soldier super serum and uh, comes out all muscular Dr. and everything. Askin. Those effects were remarkable, what they were able to do with mm -hmm. that. Um, Red Skull was yes. a, a great villain, maybe one of the best villains in the so entire series. Zola. Yeah, yeah, mm -hmm. and um, I absolutely loved it. And when you think about it, you know, Captain America has become such a, a vital part of this whole sequence of movies. Mm -hmm. When you look at his sequels like Civil War and, and Winter, Winter Soldier, Soldier, those are, you could almost consider those uh, Avengers movies because mm -hmm. they, they were under the banner of Captain America, but just about all of his, uh, you know, cohorts uh, were in these films with him. And, mm -hmm. and I love his story arc, how... In the first movie, he's this flag-waving patriot, but then when he in the, they planted the seed in Avengers, when he started to realize that Shield and and, and the government was was using this technology mm -hmm. to develop weapons, and he got more and more cynical and suspicious mm -hmm. until the government turned around and, and declared him an enemy. Mm -hmm. um, I think he, out of all the Avengers, I think he has the most interesting story arc uh, mm -hmm. to see what he's become. And then, you know, we're going to get to uh, Endgame in a little bit, but they kind of brought his arc to an end.
in in Endgame. Mm -hmm. uh, so we basically have seen has seen his entire story arc uh, throughout these movies, and yeah. he's he's you know up there with Tony Stark. Uh, uh, Captain America is one of the, the key principles of this entire universe. Another another character we see his story arc get introduced is Thor. Um, the first Thor movie. What would you take about the first Thor movie? I actually, here's the interesting thing about Thor. Again, I wasn't real familiar with the character. I didn't read his comics. Mm -hmm. And when they announced they were doing a standalone movie, I, I did not go see it in a the theater when it first came out. And then uh, some family members, I, I got together for like the holidays or something, and and we were talking about the Marvel movies, and they said, have you seen the Thor movie? And I said, no, I'm not interested in that. And they said, my cousin went over, grabbed the Blu-ray, mm -hmm. handed it to me, and said, go home and watch this. So I went home, popped it in, and I was mad at myself mm -hmm. for doubting Marvel, for doubting Disney. I really enjoyed the first Thor movie. I thought Chris Hemsworth did an amazing job with the character. Mm -hmm. um, and watching his character arc, you know, they, it seems like Marvel was trying to figure out what to do with Thor. Mm -hmm. In the sequel, Dark World, they went a little darker with his character. But then, like with Ragnarok, mm -hmm. they decided to lighten him up a little bit, mm -hmm. and that's when he started firing on all cylinders, in my opinion, mm -hmm. as he's become almost kind of comic relief mm -hmm. in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. And I've really enjoyed watching uh, his character and seeing it evolve uh, through Endgame when we got the, uh, the big Lebowski uh -huh. <laughs> <laughs> Um So I've really enjoyed watching uh, what they've done with his character. We've, we also got a couple of other characters they introduced in Thor. Um, we're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about that briefly. But during that time, Iron Man 2 was also happening. And yeah. we, we, see, we, get, we get introduced to a very interesting character that's a very important character, um, Scarlett Johansson, Black Widow. Is that where she was introduced yes. in Iron Man 2? All right. Mm -hmm. Yeah, she became a key player after that. Unfortunately, Iron Man 2, if I was to rank my Marvel movies, that would be near the bottom of my list. I actually liked it. Did you? I didn't mm -hmm. like the tone. I didn't like that they went dark with it and watching Tony Stark have his issues. And I know that's mm -hmm. part of his character, but it's hard for me to watch that. So it's not one of my favorite Marvel movies, but if that's where uh, Black Widow was introduced, that's mm -hmm. such a milestone because uh, she became you know, one of the key uh, roster members. Yes. And um, so it's important that they were able to introduce her in that film. Then um, also we had War Machine, um, mm -hmm. Don Cheadle. And now was, was when it, he was in uh, he 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 the actor was not in Iron Man but yeah. he was in Iron Man too. Okay, all right, yeah, yeah. So they, uh, I, I wonder if that first actor is kicking himself for stepping away from mm -hmm. that franchise because you know Don Cheadle came in and he's he's one of my favorite actors. He did a great he job, did. and um, so yeah, so they uh, they they did you know bring in some important characters, but yeah, I, I rank Iron Man too. Uh, Pretty low, and, and I wasn't a big fan of the the villain uh, Whiplash, Whiplash. I think it was. Um, was that Mickey Rourke who played? Uh, yes. Yeah, so that's it's not one of my favorites, but it did help move uh, Tony Stark's uh, story along. Mm-hmm. Uh, back to Thor, we we are also introduced to Jeremy Renner, Hawkeye. Oh yeah. He played a small role, but he played a um, he he played a important role. Yeah. And, um, so I want I want to get your thoughts on the introduction of Hawkeye. 
Well, Hawkeye, you know, he, he gets a lot of flack from uh, Marvel fans. Uh, of, of all the characters, his powers are probably the least impressive. Mm-hmm. Um, I have enjoyed his character, and, uh, and I thought they did a really nice job with him in uh, Endgame, bringing mm-hmm. him back for Endgame, showing that he had uh, sort of taken a dark turn and uh, what was the, uh, Ronan, was that his yeah, name Ronan, in, in yes. Endgame? That he had become almost like a completely different vigilante mm-hmm. character because of the circumstances that we witnessed in Infinity War. Um, so I like what they did uh, with him. And I, you know, I was kind of hoping in Endgame, you know, when when uh, when Black Widow and Hawkeye were uh, had to retrieve the stone, uh, not knowing that a sacrifice mm-hmm. had to be made, I would have liked to have seen Hawkeye be the one who made the sacrifice because because of the fact that his character had been sort of mocked by the online community mm-hmm. for such a long time. Imagine if he would have given himself to save mm-hmm. humanity. That would have been a nice redemption uh, for Hawkeye. Um, but they decided to go a different route in mm-hmm. that movie. But uh, I've enjoyed Hawkeye. I've enjoyed his humor. I thought he was great in Avengers <coughs> being part of mm-hmm. that ensemble. So uh, I, I think he's we'll been talk, a really good uh, character. Obviously, we'll talk more about Endgame in, in mm-hmm. a little while. Um, I, at this point, and also the main, the main villain of Thor it was low-key Tom Hiddleston. Um, one thing that... MCU gets criticized for is their lack of developing villains. Mm-hmm. Loki was very different about that. Um, could you talk about Loki and Loki? I think is one of the all-time great movie villains. Not just Marvel villains, but movie mm-hmm. villains. He's he's charismatic. You like him, you hate him. Um, he's he's just a thorn in everybody's side. Mm-hmm. You can't trust him. And, you know, there have been all kinds of twists and turns in just about every movie that he's appeared in. Like, you don't know if he's being sincere. Uh, you just don't know what he's capable of. Mm. And um, he's been a great, great foil to not just Thor, but to the Avengers. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's the key in Avengers to opening up the gate that yep. uh, unleashed uh, this war on our planet. Um, he's one of my favorite Marvel characters in the mo- in mm-hmm. the cinematic universe. Uh, what Tom Hiddleston has done with that role, and um, he's fantastic. I, I, I love the character. I love... I, I don't know why I have this fondness for villains who are charismatic. Villains mm-hmm. that you kind of almost cheer for a little bit. Mm-hmm. He has a great backstory of being a, a, you know, adopted and finding out th- that he's adopted, mm-hmm. um, which uh, is sort of a catalyst for the, his actions in the future. Mm-hmm. Um, just a great, great character. What a great introduction. He has, own, he has his own character arc as well, as we will get yeah. to as well. I mean, that's... Yeah. You don't see that very often where villains get their own um, character arc. I mean, you see it with the heroes. I mean, you have Iron Man and Captain America. At this point, you had Iron Man, Captain America, Thor, and the Hulk have have their own arc at this point. But Mm. then you also... You, you don't think a villain would have that, and Loki kind of is that. Opposite. Yeah, and I think it's because he's such an interesting character, they decided to keep uh, bringing him back, and uh, he's... he's you know, an important piece mm-hmm. of the puzzle. I want to talk about now the Avengers that came out in 2012. Um, one character that we didn't talk about much that had these little cameos was um, Nick Fury, Samuel L. Jackson. Oh, yeah. Um, 
How was his impact before the Avengers? You know, originally he was just sort of a post-credits appearance mm -hmm. sort of a character, but then they started bringing him in and making him an integral part of, of it, and, and he really played a big role in Avengers and, and trying to motivate these guys and bring them together. Um, Him and Maria Hill. Yeah, yeah, and so he's kind of, you know, the glue that sort of holds uh, the Avengers together, and, you know, Sam Jackson, he's great in everything that mm -hmm. he does, um, but what an important character. I mean, you know, he's he's continuing to play a big role even into this new phase mm -hmm. with uh, with Spider-Man uh, Far From Home. He, he had a uh, a big role in that, or at least the character did. Um, so yeah, he's just such an important part of this universe, and it sounds like uh, he's going to play a major role in the next phase going on. If if you go by the uh, mm -hmm. the post credit sequence in Far From Home, we see we see him his story arc start really in Captain Marvel. Mm -hmm. um, Captain Marvel, even though. Um, uh, you know, it comes in like 1995. Uh, we see yeah. his story arc begin. Um, can you talk about his relationship with um, with Captain Marvel and how that started? Yeah, you know, that's interesting. Um, you know, we see his origins. We see the origin of the eye patch, which I thought mm -hmm. was a little disappointing. That I don't think they needed to reveal how he got his eye mm -hmm. patch, especially right. the fact that he was scratched by a cat like really um in the comic books he mm -hmm. got his eye patch because he had saved a platoon of soldiers right. you know it was a lot more heroic and dramatic i was a little disappointed right. with that decision to reveal the origins of his eye patch um his relationship with captain marvel's interesting even though it seemed like it didn't play out um as 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 much as it could have mm -hmm. in Endgame. Right. Um, you know, they build her up as being this incredibly powerful character, but I feel like they didn't really utilize that in Endgame. Um, but it's interesting that they have this history, they have this backstory. Mm -hmm. and, um, we'll see where it also goes moving Phil forward. Coulson too. Oh yeah, and he's he's been an important mm -hmm. part of this too, yeah. Mm -hmm. Let's now let's now let's focus more on Avengers where it focuses really on the six um, Original Avengers, Iron Man, Captain America, Thor, Hulk, Hawkeye, and Black Widow. Mm -hmm. You see them all fighting the um, Shatari army, mm -hmm. which is one of the armies that ultimately Sanos will command. And um, also Loki, Loki is in this one. You said, oh, yeah. made mention that Loki villain, yeah. was the... Um, Loki was the big thorn on all the Avengers side. Um, can you talk to me how the Avengers movie worked out? And it became at one point one of the highest grossing movies of all time. Yeah, and, and if I were to rank my Marvel movies, uh, I would rank it number three behind Iron Man and Captain America First uh, Avenger. Mm -hmm. um, I just watched Avengers again recently and just marveled at, uh, pardon the pun, at, at how well the movie is holding up. Uh, it's a really, really great movie, entertaining movie, a good standalone movie from beginning mm -hmm. to end. If there are no sequels made beyond the Marvel movies, it's, it really holds up on its own. Uh, I love I love the dynamics of bringing all these heroes together. Mm -hmm. Many of them, you know, we had been introduced to in previous films, right? And and seeing them bicker and fight uh, almost like a family, 
Mm-hmm. When when uh, Iron Man and and Thor are going toe to toe, and then yep. Amer- uh, Captain America steps in to try and break it up, and seeing them use their powers against each other, I mm-hmm. thought that was one of the greatest, most thrilling moments in the entire cinematic universe. Is watching these heroes go at it, um, mm-hmm. uh, and almost as enemies, but they didn't go that far. I mean, right. I don't think they were trying to kill each other. Right, more like. Um, but it was very entertaining to see them go at it, and. Uh, and now they've all bonded and kind of become more like brothers beyond that. Um, and sister. <laughs> yeah, and the sister in there. And, um, yeah, so it's really, uh, I think uh, Avengers is, is one of the most entertaining movies of the entire uh, franchise. And uh, just a great, great standalone movie. I liked how they did the, um, they brought in the interaction between Black Widow and Hawkeye. That's mm-hmm. one thing that doesn't get covered really, really well, that probably should. Um, hopefully one day they'll do a, um, a Hawkeye Black Widow movie, even yeah. though we'll find out what happens in the future with Black Widow. Um, but um, I liked how that relationship was um, developed and how much how how much Black Widow really cares about Hawkeye and vice yeah. versa. We get to see yeah, that bond. Story. We'll get to see the... Um, then also the relationship between the six original <laughs> Avengers and then also we get... Um, uh, they all stop Loki. Mm-hmm. And... Um, Loki kind of gets punished in <laughs> Thor The Dark World, as we will talk about in a second. But um, how important was the Avengers to the um, to kind of ended the first arc of the um, MCU with Iron Man, Iron Man 2, The Incredible Hulk, Thor, Captain America, First Avengers? Well, it was important because in Avengers they planted the seeds of distrust. Uh, it was in Avengers where they realized that uh, the Tesseract uh, energy was being weaponized. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it planted a lot of important seeds uh, in that film. Um, and also, it was, you know, the way, the way Marvel and Disney handled doing some of these origin stories first before bringing them all together mm-hmm. in Avengers. And and I remember thinking, you know, when they announced they were doing an Avengers movie, uh, I'm like, wow, I don't envy anyone who has to put all these characters in one movie and give them all equal sque- screen time. Mm-hmm. A lot of times in the past when they try to put too many characters in a, in a comic book movie, it just falls apart miserably. Um, but uh, was it Joss Whedon who, yes, who Josh directed Whedon, Avengers? Yes. He, he did an amazing job of giving everybody uh, their due screen time and, and bringing them all together. And uh, it, it's a wonder. It's an absolute wonder that they were able to make this work. And, and it's an important film as part of the uh, universe and the mm-hmm. seeds that were planted and, um, and establishing Loki as a, as a major villain, a major mm-hmm. character. Um, yeah, I just I love everything about it. I think that movie, the Avengers movie, also established three three major movies we're going to talk about in a second. Mm-hmm. Um, Thor The Dark World, Iron Man 3, and Captain America The Winter Soldier. Mm-hmm. It, um, I want to first start talking about Thor The Dark World because that kind of, you see the impacts of what Loki's actions were done in mm-hmm. the Avengers. You see Loki's relationship, especially how much he loves his mom, um, how much he's not... He, he doesn't really respect his dad um, at that point, and um, Thor is basically having to fix Loki's mess. Um, now, for some reason, I-, I liked Thor: The Dark World at first, but then I also would grow to like. Okay, it has a lot of focal points on Thor's um, on Jane Foster. Right. Um, I felt like that, and the villain was not very well established in um, 
in Thor The Dark World, I thought it could have been much better. Yeah. I, you know, I saw Dark World, I think, once, and it's been a while, so mm -hmm. I'm having trouble recalling a lot of the details of the movie. I know that most critics, when you see them rank Marvel movies, uh, Dark World is at the very bottom. Most mm -hmm. people consider that film to be the worst uh, in the entire Marvel universe, um, which... Still, any Marvel movie, I think, is better than most movies in the theaters, but mm -hmm. um, I don't have a lot of recollection of Dark World. Uh, I saw it once, and I thought it was kind of uh, forgettable. I, I mean, it was, uh, you know, but it did further establish the Thor-Loki relationship. Mm -hmm. um, Loki, you kind of see him begin to start getting a, a role as a, um, a tweener kind of, bo anti-hero, both a hero and right. a villain, um, that... You know, that kind of makes Loki unique. Loki is a villain, but he's not exactly a... He's got some heroic characteristics, so in a way, an anti-hero we get to see because Loki's trying to avenge his mother, and, um, right. you know, it's just... I thought Thor The Dark World could have been better. Um, it kind of... Chris Hemsworth was not very happy about mm -hmm. how that movie went. Yeah. Um, the director went a very dark route, yeah. and um, it was not something that he... Um, he strongly considered for a while maybe not doing another Thor movie for a little right. while until he had the right director. And we'll get to Rancrock in a little bit. Right. Um, well, you know, it's interesting. In movie history, when you think about it, the second installment, which usually is the middle act mm -hmm. of most franchises, for some reason go dark. You look at Empire Strikes Back in right. the Star Wars franchise, that went dark. Mm -hmm. uh, Raiders of the Lost Ark was followed by Temple of Doom. That was a very dark movie. Mm -hmm. So usually second acts, for some reason, go dark. And right. that's exactly what they did with Iron Man and Thor. Mm -hmm. uh, they went really, really dark for the second act. Mm -hmm. um, speaking of Iron Man, let's go to Iron Man 3. Mm -hmm. um, they made a third Iron Man movie. Um, I thought the third Iron Man was really was pretty was really really well done. It was. A, I thought it was really well. It done. It was a character piece, uh, dialogue driven, not a lot of action, mm -hmm. um, but the relationship between Tony Stark and the uh, the young boy in the movie I thought yep, was really Harley interesting. Keener. Who made a small cameo in Endgame? Mm -hmm. uh, he attended Tony Stark's uh, funeral, and it makes you wonder if he's going to play a larger role going forward. Um, but yeah, I, I found Iron Man 3 entertaining. It's not mm -hmm. one of my favorite uh, Marvel movies, but um, I, I thought it was an interesting uh, character-driven piece. I liked how they they put War Machine kind of the Iron Patriot. I liked the villain, Killian, mm -hmm. which um, was a, became a fake Mandarin. Yeah, and, and I know that's one ben of the Kingsley reasons that this movie too. doesn't rank very highly is a lot of people are critical of how they handle the Mar the Mandarin character. Like, mm -hmm. at first you thought he was going to be, you know, a, a form formidable foe right. for Iron Man, and then you realize it's all a facade. Mm -hmm. I, and a lot of people were disappointed in that because, you know, I guess Mandarin was a, a pretty big villain in the comics. Mm -hmm. Now, I did hear some talk that the real Mandarin may play a role in future Marvel yes. movies, so uh, we'll see if that plays out. But it also focuses on um, uh, Tony Stark and how he struggled with post-traumatic stress disorder following the events of the Avengers yeah. and um, how War Machine and Pepper Potts were all trying to help him through it. And um, you know, you also get to see the relationship between those characters, how get even stronger. Yeah. I mean, uh, War Machine's Iron Man's best friend and then Pepper Potts is his um, lover at the time. Yeah. 
Um, one second series movie that was extremely successful, a psychological thriller, was Captain America the Winter Soldier. Mm -hmm. That was beautifully well done. That was as it was as close to a spy movie and a adventure movie and as you could get. Um, you talk about how that movie became so successful. Yeah, I know a lot of people love Winter Soldier. It mm -hmm. probably ranks in my top five Marvel movies. Um, mm -hmm. I really like the tone they set. Again, you know, the seeds had been planted of this uh, this mistrust of the government, and then it really pays off in Winter Soldier when it's revealed what the government is planning Shield. on doing. Yeah, Hydra. and um, it was really, really interesting, and and that's where you know uh, Captain America takes this interesting turn. Um, and then reintroducing, you know, Bucky into the mix um, mm -hmm. as the Winter Soldier, and the the fact that he's a villain, but he's also a victim, and and uh, Captain America has to kind of see through how he's being manipulated, um, and it's just a great, great movie. A lot of people compare it um, to the great kind of Cold War movies that mm -hmm. came out in the 60s and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, just Robert Redford was great in yep. his role. He played a major role in that. Um, Alexander yeah, Pierce. Definitely. I agree when, when most people rank this movie very highly. And like I said, it falls in my top five. We see a lot of, of storylines in The Winter Soldier. We see um, Black Widow and how that relationship with Captain America um, develops. We see Falcon get introduced, Anthony Mackie. Mm -hmm. um, we also see Brooke, Brooke Rumlow, who um, I, I actually, I thought he was a really good, um, he played a really, really good, um, he played a big role in that movie too. Mm -hmm. Also, uh, Jasper Sitwell, he was also in Avengers, but also he, he also plays a role in, okay. in it too. So it, I thought it was a really good, beautifully well done um you know, obviously you have Nick Fury, Maria Hill were also yeah. in there. Um, you just, it was beautifully well done. With yeah, Winter and not knowing which side Nick mm -hmm. Fury was on, like you had to kind of step back and see how that played out. And, mm -hmm. and then, of course, one of the greatest fight scenes is in the elevator. That was, yes. that was such a great movie moment where, where Cap says, okay, anyone want to get off before we do this? Like he knew what we, mm -hmm. he was getting into. And that's one of my favorite moments in the entire Marvel universe. Mm -hmm. I, I mean, it was just so beautifully, beautifully well done. Yeah. Um, one series that we get, um, we, we get to see is Guardians of the Galaxy. Mm -hmm. um, that whole series, how that whole, talk to me what your take was on the Guardians of the Galaxy. Well, Guardians of the Galaxy, that was a comic book I was not familiar with at all. Mm -hmm. And when it was announced that they were going to do a movie adaptation of it, I was dumbfounded. I'm like, wait a second, you got a, a walking, talking tree and a raccoon? I thought this was going to be silly, parody, uh, and I wasn't sure if I had any interest in, in even seeing it. But, of course, by this point, I was I was like, okay, I trust Marvel and Disney to to handle it well so I went and saw it of course opening weekend and I was absolutely blown away that they were able to create these characters and you felt compassion for a raccoon and a talking mm -hmm. tree and the green woman and um, I I was just blown away and, and, and what Chris Pratt brought to the role uh, 
turned him into a major superstar. Mm -hmm. I mean, I know he had, you know, at that point, I think he had Jurassic Park yes. under his belt. Yep. Um, but to establish him as a major action hero star uh, was was uh, just an, an incredible accomplishment. And, uh, and now we're seeing those characters get weaved in with all yes. the other heroes and bringing them together because they easily could have taken those characters and just oh, exactly. kept them in their part of the universe. Um, but now they're interacting with all our uh, other heroes. Uh, is, I'm j at this point, after seeing Guardians of the Galaxy, I said, okay, I can't question Marvel anymore. Just about right. anything that Disney and Marvel put their hands on as far as this universe, they they do it right. And, and, and DC has been playing catch-up the yes. entire time. The, you know, DC said, uh, well, Marvel's going light and fun. We're going to go dark. And... And that's just not working in that universe. And right. now you're seeing them trying to follow that Marvel formula a little mm -hmm. bit more closely, where now I think like Wonder Woman did a better job of yep. adding humor and lightness to the films and following more of that Marvel uh, blueprint. Right. And so DC movies are getting a little bit better, but they're, they've been playing catch up to Marvel mm. this entire time. I agree. Um, well, I get that will do it for part one of the MCU. Um, we're gonna do part two coming up. All right, fans. We'll um, all right, MCU fans and history now lovers. We'll be right back. Take care. See you soon, Litecoin. Have you ever wanted to produce your own TV show, short film, or podcast? ONTV offers the training, facilities, and equipment to make it happen. To get started, sign up for ONTV's weekly video production classes covering studio production, portable HD camcorders, and non-linear editing. The 10-week workshop costs $20 for Lake Orion residents, $50 for non-residents. Upon completion of the classes, ONTV's facilities and equipment are yours to use at no additional charge. Produce your own talk show, cooking show, or short film. ONTV also offers a two-night podcast class which gives you access to equipment to produce your own podcast. For more information, give us a call at 248-693-3377 or visit orionontv.org today. Good evening, Lake Orion. Welcome to History Now here on ONTV. I'm your host, Anthony Termina, and I got a guest, Joe Johnson. How's it going? Glad Good to job. be here. Always fun to talk Marvel. Mm -hmm. We're, we just completed part one of the Marvel Cinematic Universe, and uh, we want to talk about part two, which will focus on Age of Ultron, all the way down to the future of the MCU. So let's get started. Um, let's talk about eight, the Avengers Age of Ultron. At this point, the Avengers have already been well established. Um, we still are focusing on the original six, Iron Man, Captain America, Thor, Hulk, Hawkeye, and Black Widow. Um, Age of Ultron was a very interesting movie. It focused on um, a new villain that Iron Man and the Hulk and Bruce Banner created, which was Ultron. Mm -hmm. uh, we also get the introduction of a couple new characters. Um, we have Vision that comes in, um, Scarlet Witch, Quicksilver, who's originally an X-Men character, mm -hmm. and um, 
We, uh, we also get to see um, Ulysses Kalis, who is who actually will be a Black Panther villain. Okay. And um, so I want your take on what Age of Ultron, what your take was about it. Uh, Age of Ultron gets a bit of a bad rap from critics. I know people rank this movie a little on the low side. I actually mm -hmm. really enjoyed it. And uh, the fact that it introduced one of my all-time favorite Marvel characters, Vision, uh, makes it worthy of repeated viewings. Um, I really like the Vision character. Mm -hmm. uh, I like the story arc going forward, how, how human he's become you know, throughout the series. So for me, that was one of the biggest things to come out of that. Um, I was a little surprised uh, that they introduced Quicksilver and then they killed him off in that movie, yes, right? Yes, they did. And that was a little disappointing. I would have liked to have seen more of, of Quicksilver in future movies. Uh, of course, um, Wanda, you know, became such a major Mac part of yeah, the... Yeah, Wanda uh, Mac Yeah, she's uh, a big part of that. And, mm -hmm. and uh, you know, I read, I, I saw an article just recently that said in Endgame, when all the different uh, Avengers are taking shots at uh, at Thanos, uh, that uh, that uh, Wanda is the one that inflicted the most damage. Like she was mm -hmm. angry, and yep. ultra or uh, Thanos says, uh, you know, I don't even know you, and she's like, oh, you will, and uh, that was a great moment. So she became a big part of it. I was a little disappointed that they killed her brother off so quickly. Uh, and there's also that great moment in Age of Ultron involving Thor's hammer. Do you remember mm -hmm. that? Yeah, yeah. Uh, all the Avengers are sitting around talking about the hammer. And this was just such... This, these are the moments that make the Marvel movies so great, when they all start taking turns to uh -huh. lifting the hammer. Having fun with each other. Yeah, and then when Captain America goes to reach for it, you see Thor sitting in the background looking concerned, like this is the one guy who might be able to pick this up. Now the question I have is... Was he faking that he couldn't pick it up? Or do you think that over the course of events he became worthy of picking it up? Because, spoiler alert, in uh, Endgame he managed mm -hmm. to, to uh, wield Thor's hammer, which was such a great moment. Yes. What, what's your theory on that? Was he faking it in Ultron, or, or did he become I think, worthy? I think he was faking it. I yeah. really do. <laughs> um, I, I thought he was faking it. Yeah. Uh, well, what a great... And, and really, if mm -hmm. anyone's worthy of picking up the hammer, it's Captain America. He's so pure. He's so good. Mm -hmm. He's got to be worthy of picking it up. A lot of noticeable um, storylines happened. Um, at the end of Captain America, The Winter Soldier, we see um, Baron Strucker, who was a Hydra agent, and um, we kind of see a little bit of how that story works out at the beginning of the film. I yeah. think that's a battle that gets underrated because of everything that happens during Age of Ultron. Um, we also see um, Helen Cho and what she does, what she does in terms of developing, playing a role in developing Vision, and also um, mm. we get to see a little bit of um, we see more of Hawkeye in this movie. He's got his, we, we were introduced to his family. Mm -hmm. um, also, the one thing that I was not too fond of was the Hulk-Black Widow relationship. Yeah, that seemed a little not, forced, was, and they, they seemed to discard that pretty quickly, too. Mm -hmm. I think they realized yeah. that might have been a mistake, but that, like, came out of nowhere. And, mm -hmm. and you know, a, a criticism that some people have of, of these types of movies is why do you have to have, like, a love story in there at all? That's not necessary so yeah I think I think it seemed a little forced and then they they realized that yeah and, and kind of scrapped that concept because mm -hmm, I mean it was like it was like it came right out of the blue you <laughs> right. know it was um 
but it also set up um, Age of Ultron did set up a lot of um, other movies that we'll get to and um, just like it did with just like it did with the um, just like the original Avengers that did set up a lot of other things that was going on um, we we see a new group of Avengers get formed mm -hmm. uh, Captain America Black Widow uh, Vision Scarlet Witch War Machine mm -hmm. um, and um, at that point, we get we get to see a lot of other story arcs take place, like Doctor Strange and Ant Man. Uh -huh. um, Ant Man, we see that moment in that movie where um, Falcon is being sent to um, investigate or being sent to retrieve something from Avengers Tower, where they right. where they meet up. Um, let's talk about the first Ant Man and then Doctor Strange about how um, those about how those characters came up in the MCU. Well, at this point, uh, I was getting a little burnt out on origin stories, and mm -hmm. I know they're necessary, at least for people getting introduced to these comics, uh, these comic characters. Mm -hmm. um, so I, I was getting a little tired of origin stories. I, I, I almost would rather just jump in and see just a full-fledged character. Um, uh, so Ant-Man is not one of my favorite Marvel movies, even though I love Paul Rudd and mm -hmm. I love his take on this character and the humor uh, that he uh, brought into it. Um, I actually preferred the second Ant-Man, the sequel, to the first one. Mm -hmm. And I think it was because of that, that we had gotten his origin out of the way and it was just kind of a standalone uh, story mm -hmm. involving Ant-Man and all his supporting cast. Um, so. He's become an important part of the uh, the Marvel Universe and the Avengers mm -hmm. uh, assortment of characters. Uh, and I love what he brings uh, to the table. Uh, Doctor Strange, uh, he's a bit of an acquired taste. Um, his introduction uh, movie uh, goes in a completely different direction when now we're starting to talk about magic and mm. mystic and and all this stuff and that's that's an acquired taste that one I mean I enjoyed the movie I enjoy um, Benedict Cumberbatch uh, his take on it I mean I can't imagine any other actor playing Doctor Strange the way he did he just knocked it out of the park um, but again I for me personally I think Doctor Strange works best in the ensemble pieces mm -hmm. where he plays a role among the Avengers uh, versus a standalone movie and and from what I heard the sequel his standalone sequel mm -hmm. is going to go very dark um, mm -hmm. and it's going to be interesting to see what they do with that um, so I'm not a huge fan of his origin story but I think he's an important part of uh, the Avengers I agree um Obviously, following what happened in um, Age of Ultron, we see Thor go. We see Thor go away from the Avengers. We see Tony Stark kind of distance from the Avengers. Um, it will lead into, and then we see Hulk go um, away into a um, remote planet. Once we get to talk about Rancorock, we'll yeah. talk about Hulk's role. But one big movie that was extremely successful was Captain America Civil War. Yeah. Um, the Sokovia Accords are introduced. Mm -hmm. um, you see that you see heroes choose sides, right. whether to side with the Accords or side against the Accords. And yeah. um, you see this massive, you see the Avengers kind of begin to break up into two major um, 
two major sides. Um, yeah. what's, what, how did you feel about Civil War? I, I re recently revisited Civil War. I sat down, watched it, and I think it's a great, great action flick, and the mm -hmm. fight sequences are amazing. Watching these allies fight each other and, and try not to hurt each other, but try to, you know, go toe-to-toe, -to -toe. Mm -hmm. uh, that was thrilling. I, I thought that was amazing, and this is one of my favorite Marvel movies. Uh, it's painful at times to watch, you know, these characters fight against each other. It's almost misleading to call this a Captain America movie mm -hmm. because all, just about all the Avengers are in it. Uh, yeah, we do miss Thor and, and Hulk. They were off, you know, on their own adventure and or uh, uh, adventure. Yeah. And um, and I guess I understand why they needed to do that. Um, I guess the, the the producers of Civil War, the Russo just, brothers, yeah, they they Both felt that the, the Hulk and Thor are so powerful that it would have changed the dynamics of mm -hmm. what they were trying to do in this movie. So they whisked them off somewhere else to do their own thing. Right. Um, but I think this is just an enormously entertaining movie. Now, to see uh, uh, Captain America and Iron Man kind of turn on each other because of the role that Winter Soldier played, um, that's painful. It's like mm -hmm. painful to watch, but it's it's... It's so good, and um, and uh, and it kind of sets the tone for the rest of the the, the franchise after that. But um, in my opinion, Civil War is one of the best Marvel movies, and uh, just a great action flick. How much credit should the Russo brothers get for they they did Winter Soldier, they did Civil War, and then they eventually did Infinity War and Endgame. They deserve a lot of credit. They do, and also one of the, the big things about Civil War is that we're introduced to this new version of Spider-Man, mm -hmm. and the way they integrated, integrated him into the, the series and brought him in, and he came in as like a fan, you know, uh -huh. like, hey, you're Captain America. Um, that was great. Mm -hmm. That was a great introduction to Spider-Man. Tom Holland is just, I think, the best Peter Parker that we've mm -hmm. seen in film. Uh, no offense to Tobey Maguire, I thought right. he was great. But uh, Tom Holland's just been perfect. And, and again, it's almost like they're listening to me because, uh -huh. like I said, at this point I'm getting weary of origin stories. Right. So instead of giving us a Spider-Man origin story, they introduce us uh, him to us in Civil War, mm -hmm. and then when he gets his standalone movie, he's already established right. as Spider-Man. To me, that's the way to do it, and the Russo brothers did a great job of uh, bringing him into the mix. They also did that with Black Panther, too. Yeah, exactly. Give mm -hmm. us a little taste and then give him a standalone movie. I think that's a winning formula. Mm -hmm. um, also, we get to see um, some very under... Uh, Helmut Zemo, mm -hmm. a very underrated villain, um, he kind of, he's the main villain in this movie. Yeah. Um, you could argue that the um, Sokovia Accords, you could argue Thaddeus Roth returns in this movie. Mm -hmm. um, I'm glad that they, um, they didn't forget about him. They put him in Civil War. Yeah. Um, you see the emotions on both sides. One thing that they did really, really well in Civil War was they gave every character a reason whether to side with the, the Accords or yeah. to go against the Accords. And, yep. um, and there's no bad guy, good no. guy. It, it, you, you understand their motivation. Mm -hmm. And then you see the impacts of the um, Sokovia Accords will have on future movies. Also, if you watch Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., mm. the Sokovia Accords have an impact there as well. It actually impacts Nick Fury and Maria Hill as well. Mm. 
Um, I mean, it's just, you, you, you know, it, it just tells you how much the impacts the Sokovia Accords and what happened as a result of Age of Ultron, how much it impacts in Civil War and then in future movies where you now have, um, you now have certain characters that are now on the run from the government and um, you see the impacts and the impacts will come in Infinity War but there's some other movies we got to cover first mm -hmm. um, we bring up Spider-Man Homecoming we yeah. um, Iron Man is in Spider-Man Homecoming how important was having Iron Man in Spider-Man's first movie well one thing that that did was it totally uh, established that this new version of Spider-Man in the movies is not the character we've mm -hmm. seen in comics um, to be a protege of of uh, Iron Man and to have Iron Man provide the tech and the suit and everything that took a little getting used to for me because mm -hmm. I've grown up with Spider-Man. You know, I I watched the animated series when I was a kid. There was a live action TV show mm -hmm. when I was a kid, and Spider-Man has always been this self-sufficient kid who made his own suit yep. and made his own webs and uh, went out and got his butt kicked. And so to bring him in this way and make him a, a, you know, a ward of Iron Man took a little getting used to because I, my attitude was, that's not my Spider-Man. Um, but I've grown to accept it. Um, Homecoming isn't one of my favorite Marvel movies. One of my complaints is that just about every mess that Spider-Man got himself into, he created, he caused. Um, right. and, and Michael Keaton is, is Vulture. I it, was, it was an interesting uh, villain. I thought he did good. Yeah, but it's kind of forgettable and, and mm. you know, so um, not one of my favorite movies. Again, I actually preferred the sequel, Far From Home, uh, mm -hmm. more than uh, than Homecoming. They they say, though, that they actually also introduced Spider-Man in Iron Man 2 as being that kid that was... Um, that was going to try to take down the robot by himself, but then Tony Stark oh, came in. Right. They, that's yeah, what they, yeah. um, so, but I, I actually thought Homecoming was really, really good. I liked the interaction between him and Tony Stark. I liked that Happy Hogan yeah. came back in there. And, um, I mean, Happy Hogan was very instrumental in all three Iron Man films. And, um, and now they're trying to create some chemistry between him and Aunt May. Yes. <laughs> yeah, they're trying to. Um, so I thought that was a really, really good movie. Uh, one movie that got a lot of um, notoriety is Black Panther and his story. Mm. Um, what was your take about that? Because it was really, really popular. It won a lot of awards, and it was really, really popular, especially in the African-American community. Yeah, and, and the movie is epic, and it's important, and it was nominated for an mm -hmm. Oscar for Best Picture. Um, it's one of the most important movies in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, uh, establishing... Uh, Wakanda and the tech and vibranium and, and all that stuff. Um, what a huge, huge movie. And introducing uh, new characters, uh, you know, his Killmonger. supporting cast. And yeah, and I think he I was think a great villain. Was, he should have been, he should not have been killed off. Yeah, I would, that, that was, that's my only complaint of the Black Panther standalone movie is he's such an interesting villain that they should have left that open to bring him mm -hmm. back in the future and who knows nobody stays dead in the comic movie but um, it was just such an important film great characters um, and, and Black Panthers become an integral part of this universe mm -hmm. and uh, um, definitely one of the, the, the best movies of the, the entire Marvel franchise. I mean, I thought that that story for Black Panther was well done. You had um, 
Everett Ross was in there. Mm -hmm. He was also in Civil War. Um, we see Black Panther's family, Cherie. Mm -hmm. um, we, we see, we, I mean, it, it was just beautifully well done. Yeah. And um, you see uh, Killmonger. I mean, he brought an approach that was like a realistic, almost like a realistic villain approach. Yeah, you understood his motivation. Mm -hmm. And again, you know, like I said, I like villains in movies where you kind of sympathize with mm -hmm. them and you see where he's coming from. And I, I totally got where his anger and his rage was coming from. Mm -hmm. And, and I, I felt bad for the guy. I thought I thought that that movie was beautifully, beautifully well done. Yeah. Um, we also see from the impact of the Accords, Ant-Man and the Wasp. At this point, um, Hawkeye and um, Ant-Man both took deals from the government, and they were both under house arrest. In Ant-Man's case, um, they actually escaped house arrest. Mm -hmm. um, talk to me about Ant-Man and the Wasp and what you take with it. Well, like I said, I like it better than the uh, Ant-Man origin story. Mm -hmm. I love the dynamic of uh, Ant-Man and the Wasp. Uh, their, their romantic history, you know, created some tension in the film. Mm -hmm. uh, the, the comic relief, uh, Pena is his name, Michael Pena, yes. I think is his yep. name. He's fantastic. He's great in, in that role. Um, and and the, the technology, you know, of uh, shrinking the cars and mm -hmm. all that stuff. It was a very, very fun movie. I, I really enjoyed that film. It was like a roller coaster ride to me. Um, and uh, so they, like I said, they got his origin story out of the way. They were able to do this standalone movie. And then, of course, the, uh, the cliffhanger, the post-credits, cliffhanger was was a gut punch mm -hmm. so yeah it goes right into that kind of starts going right into endgame a little bit yeah. um also the guardians of the galaxy released a new movie then uh it was guardians of the galaxy 2 yeah with kurt russell yep. introduced as ego uh, uh -huh. who revealed to be uh peter's father yep. um i really enjoyed this movie i liked um, the relationship between Ego and, and Peter. Uh, I liked seeing uh, the Guardians, uh, their relationships develop. Mm -hmm. um, I really enjoyed uh, the sequel a lot. One character that doesn't get enough credit that probably should is Nebula. Um, oh, Nebula yeah. has a very interesting story arc in this. Um, both Gamora and um, Nebula are both children of Thanos. Yeah. Um, Thanos actually... Um, favors Gamora over Nebula, and it causes Nebula to get very, very angry and bitter towards Thanos. Sounds um, like another Marvel villain. Uh, hmm, there's a lot of similarities mm -hmm. between Nebula and Loki. Loki they have similar yes, characters. Very arts. similar. Yeah. Um, and both of them have quite interesting redemption stories, too. Right. Um, but I think Nebula doesn't get enough credit where she, where she, de she, she deserves it. Yeah. Um, but we'll find out more about that when we talk about Endgame. Mm -hmm. um, a movie that, um, another movie uh, with Thor Rankrock. Um, oh, yeah. Takawadi. Taka mm -hmm. um, sorry if I pronounced his name wrong. <laughs> he, um, he directed a really, really good Thor movie. It brought Thor... It brought it, it more of a comedy, more of a funny, um, it introduced, it, it had a really good storyline, but it brought a lot of comedy, which something Chris Hemsworth, the actor of Thor, is really, really good at. Yeah. Um, we um, are introduced to the Grandmaster. 
Yeah, Jeff, you know, Jeff Goldblum's one of my all-time favorite actors. I've been following his career since I was a little kid. He was on a TV show called Ten Speed and Brown mm -hmm. Shoe, which a lot of people might not be aware of. Um, and I've followed him through, you know, Independence Day and the Jurassic Park movies mm -hmm. and all that stuff. And um, he just was fantastic as Grandmaster. And it looked like everybody in this film was just having a blast, just mm -hmm. having fun. Oh, yeah. Now, when you read, uh, you know, the, the, the Marvel fans online, there's either a love or hate relationship with Ragnarok. I loved it. I loved mm -hmm. the humor. I thought it was the most fun out of all the mm -hmm. Marvel movies, and it ranks in my top ten favorite Marvel movies. Um, I loved the humor of it, and I felt like they finally got Thor, like Thor's Mm -hmm. role in this universe is to provide some humor right. uh he's got a bit of an ego um and then of course what they did with with hulk i know some people might have been put off with a talking hulk because mm -hmm. he didn't really do much of that in the previous movies um but i loved the direction the hulk went mm -hmm. in their relationship um, I loved everything about this movie. And then, of course, they introduced uh, Valkyrie, Valkyrie. Uh, who's a great character. And I, I guess they've, they're revealing, uh, they're going to reveal that uh, Valkyrie is, is going to be one of the first openly gay characters mm -hmm. in the Marvel Universe. Um, but I, I loved everything about Ragnarok. I thought it, it just brought much-needed uh, humor. Right. Uh, I mean, there's always been a level of humor in all the Marvel movies, but to have a, a, a movie play out almost as if it was a comedy, mm -hmm. I thought was really refreshing. It was very similar to Guardians of the Galaxy, and how yeah. they do their comedy and how their approach is. Yeah. Um, there's two things that I noticed with them, Rancroc, that I also, I, I loved Rancroc. I thought it was really, really good. Well, actually three, I'll take that back. Mm -hmm. um, we get to see the Grandmaster and his role, pretty similar to that of the Collector in mm -hmm. the Guardians of the Galaxy. Yeah. And in the... Um, Cartoons, they say that the Grandmaster and the Collector are related. Oh, so okay. They got that a lot of sense. similar characteristics. Um, I really liked how they developed a female villain in Hela. Oh, she she's one of the best Marvel she, villains. Blanchard yeah, did a fin again. She looked like she was having a blast. She, she was I mean, so much fun. I mean, have her fighting. Um, I mean, it, you don't see this very often where you have a male hero versus a female villain. Yeah. Um, well, it's always really, a touchy mm -hmm. area because it's it's difficult for an audience to watch a male character beat up on a female character. Right. So you have to make sure that the female villain is is capable of, right. of inflicting damage. Right. And, and you know, you don't want it to come across as violence against w a woman. Right. Um, and so I, I thought they handled it very, very well. Mm -hmm. And she had a blast, Kate Blanchard. Yeah. I mean, she's, you can't, you can't ask for a better Hella, I thought. Yeah. I mean, she did a fantastic job. I hope she does come back. I really do hope she does come back. Yeah, because, again, her, her demise was, I think, left deliberately vague. We didn't uh -huh. see her death. I mean, it was pretty cataclysmic what happened, but there's always that slight right. possibility she may have escaped it. Right. And, um, you know, having her reveal as Thor's sister, we yeah. also see the development of um, Loki. Yeah. We see Loki becomes getting more and more towards that heroic yeah. stance. And um, we and Loki actually, he tries to prove that he's Thor's equal. Yeah. And um, he finally gets, 
that he finally gets that to that point and um we finally get to see that with loki also loki's interactions with the hulk were very interesting especially remembering what happened in avengers oh yeah knowing that mm-hmm. the hulk has the the ability to inflict damage on loki uh <laughs> when they when they show the hulk step into the arena and loki's like i need to get out of here uh-huh. now to show that that moment of fear in his uh-huh. eyes was really interesting it was funny yeah and um obviously thor rankrock <laughs> sets up into Avengers Infinity War, because at this point, we were slowly but surely seeing Thanos in smaller roles. Right. And now we get to see Thanos in a much bigger role. Thanos is kind of seen as the ultimate villain. Yeah, and yeah, and if you were to rank Marvel villains, at least in the movies, Thanos has to be there at the top. He's, He's the guy who really created a lot of grief uh, for all of the Avengers and inflicted major damage and, and major, um, uh, it, you know, mm-hmm. killed off right. a, a lot of people. I mean, he, he was a major threat to the Avengers and, and I think probably the number one villain in the cinematic universe. But he universe. didn't see himself as a villain. Yeah. He saw himself as doing something right. Yeah. He, yeah, and again, it's a, it's a, it's, it's a, you know, he has that ego where he's thinking he's his actions are you know making the universe a better place and if you were to really think about it you know is there any logic behind his theory that if you were to eliminate half of all life in the universe would it make the universe a better place you know that's a topic of debate and in his eyes he thought it was making the universe a better place but uh, he was willing to make the sacrifice mm-hmm. on everyone's behalf. So it's a very interesting villain, very powerful villain, uh, and probably the greatest Marvel villain in the movies. So now we're at this point in Infinity War. Uh, Thanos confronts Thor's ship. Um, he beats the Hulk. He yeah. kills a lot of Asgardians. Yeah. He kills Loki in front of Thor. Yeah. Um, was that a perfect introduction to Thanos. Well, yeah, it was because it showed that he's not messing around and that he has the ability to inflict damage. And I kept hoping, hoping that somehow that that Loki's death was going to be undone at some point. And I'm shocked that, well, in one way they decided to make it permanent, but then in Endgame they gave themselves an out. We'll talk about that in a Mm -hmm. moment. Um, and the fact that, you know, he basically sent the Hulk into hiding Mm -hmm. because of the beatdown that he gave the Hulk. Uh, yeah, he definitely was introduced as a, as a formidable, uh, opponent to the Avengers. At this point in Infinity War, we see the Avengers are separate. The, you have a group of Avengers on the run, Captain America, Falcon, Black Widow. Yeah. Um, they're on the run. Hawkeye is in house arrest along with Ant-Man. Um, Thor has been Thor at this point uh, is out in space until the Guardians of the Galaxy find him. Um, how could you tell how how the impacts we talked about in Civil War? It split up the Avengers. Um, how much did that impact um, the Avengers going into Infinity War? Well, you know. Thanos was necessary to unite mm-hmm. the Avengers and bring them all back together to fight for one cause, probably the most important cause 
you know, in the history of that franchise. So that's the role that it played was mm -hmm. was uh, getting uh, everybody to unite against one mm -hmm. uh, common enemy who uh, you needed everybody to right. come together to fight this guy. That's how powerful he was. But at this point, they were not, they, they were separate. They were not, they didn't fight united. And we saw yeah. Thanos' goal was to find the Infinity Stones. Yeah. And, um, Thanos was able to collect all the Infinity Stones, including killing off Vision. Yeah. Um, we see Vision and Scarlet Witch's relationship explored further yeah. in this movie. Um, we, see, we see them kind of uniting in Wakanda. We see really two groups. We see Iron Man, Doctor Strange, Spider-Man, and the Guardians of the Galaxy on one side fighting in, fighting, uh, fighting out of the, um, fighting in space. Then we mm -hmm. see Captain America, or at this point, Nomad at this point, mm -hmm. because you know Captain America was no longer being called Captain America. Mm -hmm. um, he was being called Nomad or Steve, Steve Rogers, uh, Black Widow, War Machine. At this point, has turned against the Accords. Right. He supported the Accords, but turned against the Accords. Uh, Falcon, Scarlet Witch, and Vision all fighting with the Wakandans in Wakanda. Oh, um, yeah, which was a great epic battle sequence. Yeah. So, and then and Thor, then of course, is out Thor, running around yeah, with uh, the Guardians. on his quest. Yeah. yeah, and then also Bruce Banner at this point goes with, at first he goes with Iron Man, but then he goes with um, Captain America. Yeah. Um, but how important? But we see Thanos ultimately accomplish this goal. How yeah. do you how do you think the Russos had Thanos accomplish this goal? Well, the interesting thing about the ending of Infinity War, it is not the ending people were expecting. It was mm -hmm. probably one of the most shocking endings in movie history, mm -hmm. not just the Marvel universe, but in movie history. Uh, I remember sitting in the theater like someone had just punched me in the stomach. And I remember the audience like sat there like, what did we just witness? Um, and I think the decision to do that makes uh, Infinity War not only one of the best Marvel movies, but one of the best movies I've ever seen, mm -hmm. that they had the guts to have the villain win at the end of Infinity War. It was shocking mm -hmm. and disturbing and uh, just an incredible ending to that movie and and just when you thought they were going to take the typical superhero out and have thor arrive to save the day and you think it's all over and mm. then thanos has those famous words you should have gone for the head and ends up victorious at the end of that Snapping. movie it's it's shocking but it, it makes it one of the most compelling and interesting uh comic book movies ever made and I think one of the greatest movies ever made, period. You see so many people vanish. Yeah. You see Spider-Man, you see Scarlet Witch, you yeah. see To see Black our Panther. heroes defeated, see them, it's shocking. Not just defeated, but I mean, it was just, it was shocking. That, yeah. I mean, it was very, it was, a, it was a high risk, high reward type of situation. And they, and you know, they ended up, it ended up creating the situation for Endgame. Um, in many ways, it could it, Infinity War. It set up the almost, and you see all these relationships too. You see Iron Man and Spider Man get played out. You see, um, you see Thanos's relationship with Gamora. You see uh, Peter Quill's relationship with Gamora. I mean, you see all these relationships, and you see that, and you know, and you see it, it all go away. Yeah. 
as a result of the snap and um it was like oh my gosh yeah. you know it made you now obviously we knew that there was another yeah. movie coming so we knew that the results weren't necessarily going to be permanent right and that's the challenge that they faced is if they undid everything that happened in infinity war mm -hmm. then what's the point like Right. Why continue making these movies? You, you need sacrifice. And I think that's the interesting thing that came with Endgame is that they decided to uh, sacrifice some of the heroes to show that there there is risk, right. um, that there is loss in these mm -hmm. movies. It's it's so easy to to you know snap your fingers and bring everybody back. Right. Um, so it was it was a, a, a tough challenge in Endgame to make sure that some of the loss was permanent. Obviously, we talked about and or obviously there was a lot of talk in Civil War that somebody was going to die, somebody oh, sure. was going to die, and then Infinity War, somebody was going to die, somebody was going to die, yeah. and. Um, it's not until Endgame that we we, we get to see that, um, and it was gonna be one of the main six. Um, we talk, and um, Hawkeye was actually not in Infinity War, mm -hmm. and um, that was a bit surprising because a lot of um, because it was Avengers movie, and um, there was a lot of people that were thinking Hawkeye was gonna be in that movie. Yeah. And Ant-Man wasn't either, right? Because they were both no. under house arrest. Right. So, yeah, they always try to come up with these ways to, if they're not going to include all the Avengers, they give them a reason for not being mm -hmm. part of that. Um, so, it, but then, of course, they give them an opportunity in, in Endgame to come back and contribute. Yep. Speaking of Endgame, we're going to start off with Endgame. Mm -hmm. um, we see Hawkeye's family, victims of the snap. Hawkeye becomes a vigilante, becomes Ronan. Um, yeah. We also see Black Widow for, forming with the what's left of the Avengers. Mm -hmm. um, we start off. Um, what's interesting is we start off with the you know Tony Stark's and Nebula are both out in space, mm -hmm. and um, Captain Marvel. Um, one movie we covered in the first segment in the first segment we. Um, Captain Marvel, at this point, they did her origin story. Now Captain Marvel's further involved now in the um, endgame situation where now she finds Iron Man and um, Nebula out in space yeah. and um, she brings them back. Um, how important was Captain America, or Captain Marvel, not Captain America, sorry. Well, that was Captain Marvel, uh, Captain Marvel was uh, Iron Man's only out. Like, mm -hmm. the, the only way that he was going to survive his ordeal is for Captain Marvel to find him and bring him back. Otherwise, they could have killed him off at the beginning of the movie and right. could have done the rest of the movie without him. So it was very important that she was the, the out that uh, mm -hmm. Tony Stark had to survive that ordeal. Now, it was interesting the way they handled her in the movie. Like, they, they kind of bring her in. She's like, let's go kill Thanos. And then she, she kind of explained that the reason she hadn't played a bigger role in the events is because Earth wasn't the only planet affected by the right. snap, that it happened all over the universe, and she had duties elsewhere. So that was kind of a way to explain her absence. And then, you know, she came back when, when she was needed. Right. And then we see the introduction of the Skrulls, too. Right. So, which is ultimately Nick Fury will be hanging out with them yeah. in the um, future as well. Yeah. Um, at this point, we see them immediately kill off Thanos. Yeah, which they, was shocking. They kill, they so kill him off. That was a shocking really. moment. Mm -hmm. um, 
yeah. Even even Rocket Raccoon was like, oh my God, what did you do? Uh, that was that was a pretty shocking moment. And but even more shocking than that, when Thor kills Thanos, is when they bring up the graphic on the screen that says, what four years later or something mm. like. What? Like, yeah. <laughs> wait a second, what just happened here? It felt here? like a defeat because Thanos had destroyed all the Infinity Stones exactly. at that point. So it felt like even if they killed Thanos off, it felt like a defeat. So yeah. they had to, so it took uh, four years into the future to, um, you know, at this point, you know, Captain America was doing his, um, was holding like support group services. Tony Stark, yeah. Iron Man had a family. The Black world Widow just was, had, to world had to accept this reality, it. yeah. And, um, you know, and uh, at this point you had, you know, it was Ant-Man returned and he came. Thanks to a rat. Thanks to a rat. Brought yes. Ant-Man back and he realized that time passes a lot more uh, slowly in the quantum realm than it does in reality. Mm -hmm. And of course that, Unlocks the uh, the that key. That rat's technically responsible for it. Is. Yeah, um, ranch. They have statues made, and it's on it. Yes. So they had. So at this point, now you have them trying to persuade Iron Man to come back and help him. Iron Man reluctant because he has a family. Yeah, the, he doesn't. You he know, he's, he wrestles with. Do we want to undo all the things that he's experienced? Mm -hmm. um, during during the blip or what is that what they yeah, call that in the, the movie blip. the blip yeah so he had a he had a moral dilemma mm -hmm. and then you see um, Hulk at this point it, Bruce Banner and the Hulk become one mm -hmm. so kind of like Professor Hulk kind of yeah and I know that rubs people the wrong way too mm -hmm. some people had uh, difficulty accepting an intelligent Hulk but I actually like what they did with the character that he was able to find this happy medium where he's able to embrace the Hulk but yep. still retain his personality. Thor goes in depression. Um, yeah. We see... Again, there's comic relief right. there. Obviously, um, Takawadi returns as Korg. Um, we see he becomes um, Big Thor in yeah. many ways. That's right. Um, we uh, And we, we make mention of Hawkeye's Ronan... Um, and Black Widow really tries to find him. Then Iron Man returns and makes a deal with, with Cap saying that um, if we're going to do this, we don't erase the five years. Yeah, which creates a dilemma that was explored to a certain extent in Spider-Man Far From Home because mm -hmm. by not undoing what had happened during that five-year period and, and the, the people that disappeared in the blip come back, now there's a five-year yeah. age difference. Like, I remember, I think it was in, in uh, Far From Home, mm -hmm. they said that younger siblings, in some cases, were now older yep. than siblings that had come back from the blip. Yep. So, so that's a, a tough decision for Iron Man to, to make and say, okay, if we undo the damage that Thanos did, we still, we can't lose the progress of the past five years. That's a, that's a tough dilemma to face. So then, the, then Cap agrees to it. Um, they get all the Avengers together. I think for me personally, the most um, symbolic one was the Tokyo scene with Black Widow getting Hawkeye back, mm. and it really explores their relationship, how right. much they mean to the other. Yeah. Um, so the Avengers are all back together at this point, um, including War Machine, Rocket, um, Ant-Man, uh, Nebula, mm -hmm. and... Um, 
they all decide they have to go back into time. Um, so they form teams. Iron Man, Captain America, and Hulk are, are and Ant-Man are one team. Thor and Rocket are one team. And then Hawkeye, Black Widow, War Machine, and um, Nebula are another team. Um, yeah. So they go back into certain time periods, and they the goal is to find the Infinity Stone. You describe the whole experience. Boy, you know, whenever you start dealing with time travel, it's such a risky venture um, because there's always going to be uh, loopholes and things that you kind of have to ignore. Um, the idea, I thought, was genius to, to go back in time retrieve the infinity stones to undo the damage Thanos had created and then the goal was to place those infinity stones right back into the timeline mm -hmm. uh, that's I, I can't imagine the writers sitting around a table trying to figure out how they're going to make this work um, for the purposes of the story it worked but when you really start scrutinizing it you start seeing all these flaws with mm. that particular game plan um, but it worked for the purposes of the movie and um, you know eventually uh, they're victorious uh, in their their goal but once you start scrutinizing the time travel element you start right. finding all kinds of problems with it then ultimately Black Widow sacrificing herself on Vormir yeah. um, we That's see Loki Yes, and we see another version of Loki return. Well, that was the out that I was referring right. to earlier. So, you know, in Infinity War, we see Loki die, and I'm thinking, okay, how are they going to bring him back? Mm -hmm. And then in Endgame, when they're they're back in time and the Tesseract falls out, and Loki sees it, grabs it, and disappears. Right at that moment, I thought, okay, there's the out. That's right. how you continue Loki's uh, storyline, right. by having him create a new timeline from the past. Right. So at this point, the Avengers are able to rec are able to recreate the Infinity Stones, or bring everybody back except Black Widow, sadly. All right. And um, but they also are confronted with the 2014 Thanos, mm -hmm. who is far stronger than the older Thanos. Yeah. And um, so now they he comes to New York. He or he comes he comes to the Earth, and he brings the Black Order, the army, and um, Pretty much a big fight scene occurs between Iron Man, Captain America, Thor against Thanos. And then eventually you see all the Avengers, all the Guardians of the Galaxy, Valkyrie, yeah. everybody, all the major characters of the MCU fighting Thanos and his army. What was that like? Well, that's, that's the payoff for 10 years of sitting in a movie theater, watching all these movies, wanting to see all these heroes fight side by side that was the payoff mm -hmm. uh, and it actually surprised me that Thanos was able to hold his own against the entire mm -hmm. uh, assortment of, of Avengers characters. We see the Avengers assemble line from Cap. You, you, yeah and you realize how strong Thanos is that he was able to hold his own against the entire roster and each one inflicted damage and you knew that you know this was a losing uh, venture for for Thanos, mm -hmm. um, but gosh, that really surprised me how 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 he was able to hold his own against uh, everybody. He almost won, actually. If you look at, it. he, he almost had close. all the Infinity Stones, and uh, but we see at the we see Doctor Strange give the the one finger to Iron Man, mm -hmm. saying that this was the one time, the one chance they had in about yeah, and all the possible outcomes. This was the only way they were going to win. Yeah. Mm -hmm. 
So then Iron Man knew at that point he had to get the stones. Yeah. And it makes a lot of sense with Iron Man being the centerpiece of the MCU, yeah. being the one to have the Infinity Stones and actually and then, snap. And sacrifice, and sacrifice himself, himself for himself the, the better line. of the universe. It was just such a great moment, such an iconic moment. I mean, he's the one who kicked off the entire mm -hmm. uh, Marvel Cinematic Universe. And for him to be the hero at the end, um, it was just so perfect, such a perfect uh, way to, to wrap up those first 10 years. And then we see the funeral of Tony Stark, mm -hmm. um, how much that impact, and that impacted everyone. I mean, you see Pepper Potts, you see, you see Ro Rhodey, War Machine, you yeah, see Happy Hogan, yeah. um, you, see, you saw Harley Keener, you saw Thaddeus Ross, you yeah. saw Captain America, Thor, Hulk, Hawkeye and his family come together. You see Hawkeye and Scarlet Witch talk about Black Widow and Vision, how much they meant to them. You, you truly, it truly felt like a sense of ending and it's yeah. and of new of closure and new opportunity. Yeah. Now we probably can do a whole show on Captain America's uh, arc and what right. they did with his character. I'm not real happy with what they did with his character. Uh, you know, he, he he offers to be the hero and return the stones back to their original. Right. Uh, locations, which there's some problems with that. Like, how does how does he return the Soul Stone? I don't right. know how that plays out. But then he does something that's very un-Captain America, and that's he gets selfish, and he decides that he's going to use uh, his power to uh, go back in time. And did he change history, or did he create right. the, the timeline that we all experienced over the last 10 years? Uh, uh, believe me, I have a million mm -hmm. questions about his decision to go back in time and live a normal life right. with Peggy. Um, so, I don't know, that's that's a, another topic for another right. show. Right. But we see the impacts of Endgame starting off from Spider-Man Far From Home, mm -hmm. um, how Peter Parker handles the loss of his mentor, essentially a father figure to him and Tony yeah. Stark. Yeah, and it was interesting how they had him, uh, they, they kind of showed the seeds where he might be the next Tony Stark. He might be the one uh, who mentors the younger up-and-coming mm -hmm. uh, Avengers characters. Uh, it's interesting to watch Peter Parker mature in that movie. I really loved Far From Home. Um, I, I think it's one of the better uh, Marvel movies. I like the, the Mysterio character mm -hmm. and what they did with him. I don't know if hardcore comic fans necessarily right. agree what they did with the character, but I like the fact that he Mysterio was this character who created uh, tragedy in yeah. order to arrive as the hero. I thought that was fascinating. and um, So I, I loved how now... Uh, Far From Home kind of establishes where we go from here following the events of, of Infinity War and Endgame. That actually ends Phase 3 of the MCU. Now we're going to go into the um, MCU Phase 4. There's um, We have the Black Widow movie coming out. Mm -hmm. uh, what's your take about that? It's I'm not sure. Like I said, I, I try not to question Marvel or right. Disney. Um, I'm a little disappointed that... You know, we got closure with Black Widow's character, and now we're going to see her on screen again. And the only way to accomplish that, obviously, is to go back and tell an earlier story. But mm -hmm. as much as I like the character, I almost feel like they should have ended it with her sacrifice in Endgame. Um, so I'm not sure how I, I feel about that. I mean, of course, will I be in the theater? Yes, I'll, I'll watch the movie. But uh, it, it seems almost like a cop-out that 
we experienced this loss, and right. now she's going to be back on the big screen again. I'm actually looking forward to that movie. I think, yeah. uh, especially what she does after Civil War and going into Infinity War, I think it's a really good story arc to um, explore. A lot of other movies that are coming out. Um, we have a lot of Disney Plus series. Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Obviously, that'll be a very interesting movie. Arc uh, Captain um, or Steve Rogers hands the mantle of Captain America to Falcon. Yeah. Um, uh, that'd be inter very interesting. Zemo's the villain. Mm -hmm. um, we get to see um, a Hawkeye series with um, on Disney Plus as well. That's another Disney Plus. Wanda or the um, Wanda Vision series, another um, Disney Plus series. That'll be an interesting one. Loki, mm -hmm. another one. Yeah, uh, I, I have to admit, you know, when when this uh, 2019 San Diego Comic Con. Uh, made all these announcements of the future of the Marvel Universe. I was a little disappointed that it was so heavily uh, streaming-based. Mm -hmm. you know, for me, one of my great pleasures in life is sitting in a movie theater with a live audience watching these right. films on screen. And almost, what, about 90% of their announcements at the Comic-Con were these streaming services. And, and, and that rubbed me the wrong way. Because not everybody has it, right. and and now you're forcing everyone to subscribe to this service in order to watch the further adventures of these characters. And I'm not, I'm not a big fan of that. You know, will I get the service? Probably, but I, I'm, I was disappointed that they didn't make more announcements about the movies that are going to appear in a theater right. on a screen. I know we're eventually going to get a, a Doctor Strange sequel, yep. a Black Panther sequel. I know those are all Four. coming, yeah, but I didn't like the heavy emphasis on the streaming service. Obviously, with um, the end of, we're at the end of Phase 3, um, obviously the future of Phase 4. What's the legacy of the MCU? Well, you know, we're going to look back at the first 10 years as uh, a golden age of, of comic book movies. Um, the Marvel movies were some of the greatest movies ever made. Um, I, I envy kids who grew up in that time period who got to go into a movie theater and, and see Iron Man, Captain America, Thor on the big screen. Mm -hmm. What a great time to be a movie fan, a comic book fan. Um, you know, they, it's a great legacy they left. Now going forward, you know, there's talk of do we bring in a younger generation of uh, Avengers mm -hmm. or... At some point, do they bring in new actors to play uh, Captain America and, and, and Iron Man and Thor at some point? I don't know. I mean, you can't just say goodbye to those characters. They're so important that at some point they may have to recast it and tell stories about these original characters. So it's going to be interesting to see where they go in the future. You know, will, will a younger generation of Avengers with new characters, will they have the same impact that these legendary characters have? Right. Probably not. So at some point, Marvel is going to have to sit down and think, do we tell new stories using these characters with new actors? We'll see. We'll, we'll see, see how it plays out. I mean, you can't deny the legacy of mostly, and you saw at the end of Endgame, you saw that they did the, uh, the tribute to the six Avengers. Yeah. I mean, you you just can't replace them that yeah. easy. You can't replace them that easily. You know what I'm saying? Yep. So. But they did it, you know, fairly successfully with with like the X Men characters. Yes. They had certain actors play certain X Men, 
the only one that was the, the constant was Wolverine. Hugh Jackman played Wolverine throughout the entire right. series. But new actors came on and, and, you know, played young Charles and young right. Magneto and all that. So it can be done, and, and it can be done successfully, so we'll see. I know that there's talk about another Avengers movie coming in the future with the younger Avengers. So yeah. We'll see how that goes. And we'll also see. we'll see how much Nick Fury, um, obviously in the scrolls, how much they will play a role in the future. Yeah, and I guess that's one thing we should address is that at the end of uh, Far From Home, they established that the scrolls are able to impersonate some of the main characters in the Marvel right. uh, universe. So it's going to be interesting to see what they do with that. I agree. Well, thank you so much, Joe. Hey, my pleasure. Fun talking about it. Yes, definitely. That'll do it for History Now here on ONTV. Have a great night. See you soon, Lake Orange.